0: Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer. Brought to you by The Value Guys, I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans that have had to take on secret identities and adopt disguises, change our voices uh, since our bosses would never allow us to bring you our unvarnished views on these stocks to the airwaves. Every week we get together uh, Friday afternoons, have a couple of adult beverages, talk about Value Line. We've been doing this for 30 years. Now you're in on it. Um, this week we're looking at the November 23rd, 2007 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. We've each got a couple of ideas. Uh, we're working today. Other people aren't. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, Vern. I was on the train today. It was virtually, uh, empty. I was not, I admit. You were not, I, no. uh, admittedly. So we're, uh, meeting in the suburbs at an undisclosed location. I should add, this is for entertainment purposes only. We are Wall Street professionals that do this for a living during the week long careers, uh, but uh, on this show, you know, we we are using only Value Line, and we uh, may have been uh, drinking, so we don't do that during the week, or at least not that we're willing to disclose. <laughs> um, visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. There's lots of disclosures. There's links to our historical stock picks and uh, lots of information about uh, Vern and Val. I'll be back at the back half of the show to talk about some uh, controversial names, including a mortgage broker that's in this week's... Well, it's a municipal bond uh, insurer that got into this uh, subprime debacle, AMBAC. Leg Mason, a name we've talked about, tied into the baby boomers, I think, anyway. And Alloy, which was a spin-out from something uh, Hmm. called Delia's. It's an Internet
1: retailer, isn't
0: it? Well, it's uh, an interesting story. I met the guys that started this a bunch of years ago, and they broke into two companies. They got a lot of expertise on Internet, but they're not actually selling anything but services now. No. But uh, anyway, I'll be Hmm. back later. First, let me introduce with – Great deal of uh, fanfare since he's providing the beverages. Or, no, wait a minute, I was. Anyway, okay. But in any case. Thanks for uh, the beverages. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And let me turn it over to uh, my colleague, Vern Value. Not his real name. Thanks, Val. Sure. Not your real name. No, it's not. It's not. But thank you. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to uh, – I think you're going to have to tell me this week Okay. which one of these is my favorite idea because I don't – I'm not sure. Don't cheat the people of your own thoughts. Bart. So I decided to go in alphabetical order this week. Okay. Wait, are you
0: going to tell people now what your favorite is? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to do the stocks in alphabetical
1: order so as to not impart not any page bias order, towards like normal any people. people. Why not page number Well, if number. it's alphabetical, it will be page number one. Is that how they do it? Yeah, that's how yeah, they do it. You're way ahead of me. Yeah, they're all in the same group. These are software companies. Oh, okay. Ah. Mm. There you go. Okay. I, the first one I'm going to do is called Affiliated Computer Services. They provide business process outsourcing and IT outsourcing. I want to provide an alternative view. Okay. On this stock? Yeah, I think it's a piece <laughs> of crap. Anyway, no, I don't. <laughs> On 40% of <laughs> I'm revenue uh, with, it, with federal, state, and local governments. Uh, which I figure is going to uh, going to be a good place to be doing business under a democratic administration, okay. um, where the federal government has become um, the most heavily isn't it still the most heavily unionized sector of
0: I believe employment so employment today. Um, yeah, socialistic societies like our federal government often have a lot of union participation. Commercial is uh, a little less than sixty percent of
1: their revenue. Um, They mention here specifically, I don't know the company well, but they mention here specifically child support payment processing, electronic toll collection, that's a big area of growth, welfare verification, don't know, traffic violation processing, that has big returns, as I understand it, on a little bit of investment. Loan processing and human resources services, which I guess has been the weak business recently. Uh, anyway, the story here is this stock recently uh, a little under 45, 16 times earnings, 10% discount to the market. I'm looking at a five year trading range basically between 40 and 56. So at 45, um, definitely in the lower half of that. Low end of uh, 10 or 12 years of average PE multiples at the 16.2 uh that value line shows. Return on capital not all that great. I don't I'm not sure this is a great business, but uh seven times enterprise value to EBITDA. value line calling for double digit earnings growth. I think it's oversold. servers Capital recently withdrew their offer to purchase the company. Stock traded almost to sixty two earlier this year, bottomed a little under 44. It's 4480 right now. And we've hmm. broke we've established a new multi-year, about five year low. I think it's just oversold due for a snapback. I don't know if it's a good business or not, but I'm going to bet that you can uh, get this into the low 50s um, just on a rebound uh, with a couple decent quarters put up maybe. They just did 65 versus 59 value lines, looking for 86 versus 72 in the December quarter. Um, It's got a low multiple. Uh, I noticed that – Historically, and I mean from about 1999 up through 2006, the stock tended to max out around one5 to 2 times revenue. More recently, not above 1 times revenue, and right now well, trading at a 35% discount to revenue. Their
0: margins probably are going down.
1: Uh, their margins at 16.5%, 17.5% right now have yeah. been oh. 20 to 21 the last couple of years, but... Averaged, uh, 13, well, ran 13 to 18 uh, from 97 to 2002, so hmm. um, I don't... Price pressure. Yeah, there's. A, I'm sure there's a bare case here, but the stock's kind of on its uh, backside, and you might want to take a look at it. I don't know the company, but uh, Affiliated Computer Services, um, I've okay. got another one that's off uh, fairly sharply You recently. sound really
0: passionate about that one, that last one there. Well,
1: I'm passionate about what yeah. it looks like technically, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, statistical valuation. It's scaring me, well, statistical uh, valuation I guess it looks cheap and I can think of a reason why their prospects could improve in uh, the next year or two and uh, and there's a reason why the stock could be artificially depressed recently as well. So Okay. All right. You know, uh. That's enough to you know, for I a value. Well, guy. I'm going to say
0: if you're looking to me, that's not your favorite. That's what I'm okay. thinking.
1: Right okay. All right. Let's see if you like Cadence Design. It's not what better. I like. It's what the you symbol like. here is CDNS. Uh, recently, a little over seventeen dollars. Last four years, basically traded twelve to twenty. Uh, the multiple here, a ten percent discount to market, is a little below average. Uh, for the last, you know, like 15 years or something like that. I'm
0: sorry, did you say what they do? Uh, no, I didn't. Because I missed that.
1: No, I, I I'm trying to absolutely. listen. I'm I listening didn't. in, and I'm going, hey, I don't know what they do. Okay, well, then I'll tell you that they're a leading software supplier. No, they're a uh, leading worldwide supplier of electronic design automation software. So you use mm. this in integrated circuit and systems design and verification mm. Primarily in the semiconductor industry, okay? Okay. So there's going to be more and more of this stuff in the future. Uh, the, uh, uh, the technical demands are going to be uh, increasingly high. Um, the importance of uh, uh, 100% perfect verification is going to be higher. Uh, this company spends 30% of revenue on research and development. Wow, um, that's high. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it, it recently traded almost to 25 earlier this year. It's pretty much at its low for the year, uh, kind of an average valuation from last year, however. Got about eight times cash flow multiple here, historically 12 to 20 times, I'd say. Hmm. And uh, uh, CapEx uh, is fairly uh, fairly modest here, so it's maybe 10, 11 times free cash flow. Return on capital runs around 10% or so, not that great, but nevertheless uh, – as they point out fundamentals seem to be okay. I've got a nine multiple of EBITDA. Uh, I've got value line forecasting 15% cash flow and 14% earnings growth. Um, you know just again I don't know um, where Cadence Design is relative to the industry and I'd say importantly given that their numbers have been improving recently where they are on a new product cycle uh, and you'd want to check that out but uh again it looks to me like a stock that's uh, uh, suffered a recent disappointment for some reason and uh, has, uh, you know, sort of oversold. Started, okay. So do you have that thing working now? I think so. Okay. Well, it's temperamental,
0: obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: So third stock. All right. Cadence Design, did that warm you any more than uh, It's your passion I'm not feeling, burned. Well, I'm not. I don't, I, it's I'm hard not, for me to be passionate about stuff that I don't know a great deal about. I just, I, I scoured through the software list looking for stuff that looked relatively cheap.
0: So you're saying just these are worth doing more work? These are worth doing more work on.
1: All right. Well, uh, they look relatively more attractive than any of the other, I don't know, 30 or 40 stocks that Value Line has in that group, except for, okay, one more.
0: Bum-bum.
1: <laughs> Fair Isaac Court. I know a lot of people looking at this right now. Uh, symbol is FIC. Well, and one of the things that caught my eye was that I'm showing uh, Insider buying in um, – I'm not sure how to read this, uh, May, June, July, August,
0: mm-hmm. which is the period that That they, may be what's getting the crowd going. Um, really.
1: Looking at – you know, stocks around 40 bucks, 21 times earnings, so a little bit of a premium to market. Uh, but that 20 PE is uh, uh, lower than the average in 10 out of the last 12 years. And one of the things that sort of struck me here is I was looking at cash flow, because this is only 10 to 11 times – um, the cash flow number that Value Line is looking for in two thousand. Now these guys are
0: in the news, really, right now, aren't they? They're the ones that figure out the right formula to determine which people are worthy of credit, and what rate, and which aren't. And that's right at the forefront now of a lot of the you know credit woes. Is have you properly discerned which guy's going to pay you back and which guy isn't? And these guys are right in the smack in the middle of it. This is called they rule, invented the
1: FICO score. It's called rule based analytic tools. Absolutely. Um, And what I like about the business is that um, they're designed to make business more profitable, which means that there's a uh, very convenient, um, quantifiable scorecard as to whether the company adds value or not. And the thing I see is that it's really done nothing except grow the top line uh, for the entire period that Value Line shows all the way back to 1991. I don't know how acquisitions have had a lot to do with that. They mentioned one in 2002 in their write-up when you can see a sort of significant step function change in sales. Actually, there's one down year of sales, 2002, the year they did the acquisition.
0: Well, it's an ROI-based purchase that works out. Um,
1: Their return on capital is mid-teens and uh, has been that in the past. And as I was going to say, I was looking at uh, cash flow per share, and recently well above $3.00. They can apparently sustain this with 40 to 50 cents of capital spending per share. They used to spend that to support one third the revenue base that they have today. So there's uh, apparently some leverage in the model here, uh, which I think yeah. looks very interesting. One program, uh, so I many have, buyers. I do have 12 to 13 times EBITDA for an enterprise value here, but uh, with free cash flow return rising is what I think we're looking at. Yeah. The thing that got me very interested been doing more uh, work on it myself is that the the relative P has come down over the last couple of years uh, despite what looks like very steady, strong uh, performance even uh, financially. And the company uh, recently opened an office in China and according to Value Line is working with some of the country's largest banks there. They expect more than 200 financial services personnel at a conference in China in November Good grief! Talk about an emerging uh, uh, consumer market, uh, which can, uh, where the growth can be uh, lubricated and enabled by reliable um, uh, development of consumer credit, uh, backstopped by rule-based analytic tools that allow you to score. Um, and of course, their lack of risk. respect for copyright laws also has to alarm you. Uh, of, at course the it, time, yeah. <laughs> of course, same time, yeah. Of course, they're not going to buy any of that. Please. But I'm thinking there's a uh, significant growth opportunity uh, that is yet to be. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, it's all
0: incremental. I guess you look at it obviously. if you will. So,
1: yeah. So I like uh, I like this one uh, for the uh, for the longer term growth story. Value line not looking at as much. Uh, all right, it's fat, rapid growth here. They're forecasting 11% in cash flow, 85 in earnings. I'd want to know more about who the competition is here, which I don't uh, know who they are if you're going to do some more work here. But looks like insiders recognize that. Well, they uh, invented the FICO
0: score, so they have a monopoly on. The FICO score, <laughs> so Which that's is pretty good. good, good. I, it's not like owning that. the stamps department, but uh, but I'm guessing that bad. there might be other right. Um, I think I think that's my favorite of yours. And I'll say why okay. they are exactly what you said, rules based. But also, right now, everyone's fearful that somehow they're involved in this credit morass. Right at a time when prices for reducing risk are going to go up right at a time when the demographics are getting great for actually the uh, risk of big portfolios to be going down. So um, I think it's a very good time to get in. Fear yeah. again, fair fair Isaac,
1: appetite. FIC. So uh, we'll come back at the end, and we'll tell you which one I've decided is yeah. my favorite Well, that's idea. my input. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. So with Weeding, that, um, yeah. let's take a little beverage break here. Beverage break. Beverage break. I have plastic, unfortunately, you so no clinking. You are not very professional. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was in a hurry today. All right, and with that, I'd like to turn it over to my esteemed evaluator of equities oh and my partner.
0: Do you work on those? That was spur oh, of the moment, wow. entirely That's pretty good. Um, Thank you. Okay. You know, Values. if you add music to that, you might have a song. huh? Values. Thank you very much, for Well, we're working here when our colleagues are not, um, and that—that me <laughs> maybe that tells you something. I don't know, but uh, we're dedicated to this. We're here bringing you this important. Uh, observations about this week's value line. My first stock this week, and I carefully went through the whole group. I'm touched. Thank you. Just want to say that in advance. Page 2132, a stock I've talked about. It's in the camp of, you know, you can win if you're willing to take on a little bit of fear. And I've been talking about this uh, mortgage brokerage area. And I'd say AMBAC, ABK, they fall into this group in a sense. They have traditionally been a municipal bond insurer, which is great because if the bond uh, starts to look like it's near anywhere near default, you can basically go to the town and say, you better raise your taxes or we're going to downgrade you and you won't raise any money for your next, next project. And so then the town raises their taxes and then you're in good shape. That business is still great. You know, it rises and falls with demand for municipal bonds and municipal projects. Right now, we're in a giant infrastructure building phase in America. The feds are pushing stuff back to the states. Uh, it's, it's perfect. You know, there's a lot of wealth. Tax receipts are up. So their business, traditional business, is uh, going very well. Uh, when you go through and read the fine print of what they do, however, uh, they're also involved in this structured finance area, which means that when people were out buying big pools of subprime mortgages cut into tranches of risk, Uh, AMBAC and and receiving a AAA rating from Moody's or S&P, AMBAC was in there, uh, you know, ensuring the value of those portfolios based on that rating. Okay. So that ain't good right now because some of those lower tranches could be completely wiped out. Uh, The the higher ones are probably okay. Uh, But in the worst case scenario of, uh, let's say, 20% of your subprime mortgages default. Um, you still got to go sell the properties and all that, so there's kind of a cascade of events here. Um, but my call on Ambek right now is really a valuation basis. Uh, I think their business is going to be much more solid than is implied by the fear in the market. Uh, even Value Line, which has taken into a, is rating them four, I think on a technical basis. Uh, the stock's at 29. You know, a few months ago it was at 96. Just to give you a sense of the magnitude, there's so much fear in the subprime. And I've worked through a little math here just to give you a sense of this, if you care. You know, you may not. If not, change the channel. But if you look at what they have in force, insurance in force, it's likely that a lot of the subprime business that we're most worried about when uh, requirements for receiving mortgages got real easy, uh, you know, two, three years ago, so-called vintages of mortgages, uh, these guys had a delta on their insurance and force. This is in value line. They got it a few lines down of about two hundred billion okay worst case scenario that you 're reading in the pundits. I think this is vastly too high it 's never been higher than fifteen, but if you say twenty five percent of those are bad, that 's fifty billion. Then if you say that uh, those are all down fifteen percent in value, which again i 'm going to say they 're not simply because. The low end of housing didn't come down nearly as much as the high end of housing, which distorts averages. And so, I think the low end is not badly distorted. Yeah, is not down this much. But let's assume it is. That means that they're going to be responsible for seven and a half billion dollars of losses. Well, now they're going to go in and scrub up all those contracts, make sure some of them are just filled out wrong, and they don't have to pay on that. And they'll get sued for it and be the evil guy, but they won't pay on stuff that wasn't legal. That gets you down to about six and a half billion. Then they put some of this insurance back to the bank, who's taking the top tranche, figuring that's never going to come back to us. And it's free money, like writing calls or something like that. Uh, but in any case, that's another 30%. They're down to about $4.5 billion of exposure, in my b- worst case. There's taxes. That's $3 billion. And, uh, you know, with 100 million shares outstanding, that's $30 a share. The book value here is 59 Projected for next year. Subtract 30. That's 29. The stock's at 25. So just on my back of the value line uh, analysis here, worst case scenario, this thing is worth, you know, 29 or 30. The stock's at 25. Now it was at 29 a few days ago. But I'd also say I think all these numbers are high. I think the default rate's not going to be 25%. I think you know, based on history, uh, 15 to 20. And then, uh, you know, properties probably aren't down 15%. They're probably down five. When you work through that, this thing has got about uh, 50 60% upside, if you can just get through the fear. And I'd point out, when you look through history, there's these periods of time that are blocked out by little dark, you know, patterns, and they're called panics. And uh, they're called that for a reason because, uh, you know, they were literal translations of what was going on. It seems like there's a little bit of that going on here. And in part, it's driven by lack of information. This is hard analysis, not off this value line, but people digging into all these things. And so you have a small group of people that really know what's going on, and everyone else has a lot of fear, and, uh, you know, it may not be the right timing. But I'm a buyer of AMBAC. I think it's, uh, if you can take a little fear and a little timing, I think it's cheap money, uh, AMBAC. A, B, K. Uh, what else do we have here? You know, even value line is still projecting $8 a share in earnings for next year. The stock's at 25, so uh, this is a stock that generates, you know, mid-teens returns on equity. They seem to be uh, capitalized enough to take a worst-case hit, on my math, Uh, and they buy stock back, generate free cash every year. I just think that, you know, this is one that if you can wait out the fear, it's a good bet, ABK. All right, Uh, next up, how am I doing on time? Did I waste a bunch of time on that? That's a good stock idea. Uh, Leg Mason. No, I think
1: you're doing fine. It's hard to say since we had the uh,
0: technical oh the issue. technical issues, right? right. right. Oh yeah. Anyway, okay. Leg Mason, L.M. I've talked about this before, page 2162. My theme on this is simply uh, demographics, and then economies of scale. These guys have a bunch of branded uh, investment products pointed at the biggest group of wealthy people in the history of the world. That's the U.S. baby boom as they move into their wealthiest years. Um, there was a big transaction about three years ago where the old leg mason sold all their brokerage businesses to Citibank, Citicorp, and uh, took back Citicorp's investment advisory business. Now, ValueLine is showing their revenue shift is now being 80% commissions and used to be just 14%. i am confused by that because they gave up the brokerage business, so I'm not sure, you know, if this is exactly right. I'd go check that and call... Leg Mason checked the 10K because that doesn't make sense to me. They, the commissions are driven unless that the fees that uh, their sales force on these investment products. What they're earning is I called commissions. I think they probably call those commissions. Yeah, but to me that would be fees for investment well, brands absolutely. that endure. So uh, this is There's thing, no description. Yeah, well they don't describe that, but no. they own Leg Mason, which you've heard a- of, Western Asset Management. Mm-hmm. And then a great name in value investing, they own Royce mm. and Associates. Yeah. They've got a billion dollars, I'm sorry, a trillion dollars under management, and they're generating about $5 billion in revenues. That's 50 basis points, which is a fair price for what they do, a mix of, I'm sure, growth, value, probably some fixed income in there. And uh, they're trading right now at uh, 14 times earnings, which, you know, company with, Pretty good returns on equity, not so great on uh, total capital, but they're growing their way through this acquisition. They may have paid a lot for for this in terms of the value that was put on the brokerage business. What's leverage look like? Uh, they've got 14% debt to cap. They've got $10 a share in cash. This thing is net cash positive, hmm. and uh, they're growing with demographics with some great brands. They've got Bill Miller, the, you know, famous manager value, kind of he's garpy really, but – you know, that beat the S&P more times than anybody else. They've got a a great organization of of sales agents driving people into these brands, and I think that's what's going to win. The traditional Wall Street broker uh, has been a little bit tainted by bad stock picks by analysts, Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity for these quality brands to win share. It's a way to make money slow, if you ever heard about that. This isn't a, you know, a double anytime soon, but it's a put-away, leg-mason, Stock's down. It's trading at uh, 70 today. I just checked the closes Friday. Uh, This thing was at 140 in 06. And, uh, you know, so that was, maybe that was right before the spin, so I can't be sure of that. But the stock's been on a negative slope for a year and a half, and they've got great brands managing wealth. That's an annuity, and I know it is. So uh, I'd buy it. LM, page 2162. Mm -hmm. Then my raciest idea this week. That wasn't as compelling. You're kidding me. Giant brand. You can't kill the money management business. Mm-hmm. AMBAC was. You got me a lot more excited about But AMBAC, AMBAC could go to zero. I just wanted to tell you understand that. Because you don't really know what's in there. Right. Leg Mason, you know what's in there. Brands earning 50 basis points. Well, I also
1: don't know why the stock's been
0: on its butt for two years. Leg Mason? Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, I think here's the rub on Leg Mason right now in terms of why you might explain the downward trend. First Bill Miller, you know, the record fell off. So they think, hey, our golden boy is no longer the record holder, his numbers turned bad and he's the flagship guy and they thought that was negative. But Leg Mason goes well beyond Bill Miller, no rub to Bill Miller, he's great, but it's a serious, substantial brand. Then you've got Citicorp owning a bunch of leg Mason stock they took in the swap, and I think the real you know technical pressure right now is that Citibanks and Citicorp, whatever they're calling themselves, Citigroup, is in trouble and they're going to have to consider selling their block of leg mason uh, even you know value lines even talking about that okay. well if value okay. lines talking right. about it it's in the stock huge
1: overhang yeah reflected in the stock price.
0: conceivably well, but then you also you. yeah well it's in, it's, it's in the value if it's in the value line i'm out. assuming you already know it well i don't well, i didn't read about read the leg up, mason read up read up you know it's right there okay finally what do i have else here i don't know to do? alloy Alloy. Aerospace story, right? Not at all. A- Alloy. A L L A L. Steel service. O-Y. Rural right? juror. Okay. Um, Alloy. This company is, uh, let me tell you what they say. They are in three s- segments.
1: Oh, that's, that's the one where Promotion, you're Promotion, media,
0: and placement. They integrate mail order with websites and on-campus marketing. This is the company that used to run the Delia's brand, which was, you know, uh Women's you know girls' fashion, sort of teen and early twenties fashion, marketed in catalogs and then back in the bubble days, the stock on the you know hope that a bunch of young smart looking guys could actually get this thing cranked up. the stock was at a at a peak of ninety six in o two uh, now it's at six seventy eight closed today. Now they did spin out the Delia's brand, so the company that sells clothes to girls got spun out. And uh, what these guys are, it's all the back office stuff behind that. How do you take a retailer and put them online? How do you organize orders to get to the home? How do you bill people uh, service fees? How do you collect credit card stuff? You know, all that kind of stuff. How do you analyze the data to know who to mail to? The fact is that direct marketing right now is measurable. People are noticing that. You may have heard us talk about the you know, uh, gains in uh, advertising on the Internet relative to traditional newspaper magazine channels and things like that, these guys are in the mix of trying to help retailers figure out how to direct uh, marketing to, uh, you know, changing array of options between addressable cable, Internet, you know, what have you. They can go traditional media, I'm sure, if they want to. They mentioned print media here. Promotional events, too. So they're broadening into uh, really a promoter of retailing helping people who can make stuff or organize stuff, good buyers basically. So know they're how to buy.
1: consultants? or?
0: Uh, well, they're implementers into the marketing. They handle the marketing, it appears, marketing services. And I've run into some of these types of companies, but these guys may have a bit of an edge simply because they did it and they successfully spun it out. Even if it's only a marketing campaign, hey, look, we did it, uh, they have done it. And so uh, I think they've got a little bit of credibility. But I'm also drawn to the valuation. At 678, this thing is basically seven times value line's estimate of next year's earnings. Uh, they spend a little bit on CapEx. That's got to be a, a capital cycle because it shouldn't take that much ongoing CapEx. But even at that level, they're trading at ten times free cash flow. Um, they earn a terrible return so on So it's capital. seven times
1: cash flow, not seven times earnings. Did I say earnings? You said earnings.
0: Yeah, no, no. It's uh, ten times earnings. Okay. Uh it's well, seven this says 18 here. That's the P.E. Ah. That's the trailing P.E. Ah. And I'm talking about next year. Okay. So they have signed a few new people. Um, You know, they're out there attracting customers in a growing channel. So when you hear us talk about the demise of the newspaper, magazine, advertising channel, Internet channel's up 30%. You may have heard us talk about United Online. There's a lot of ways to get involved in that. But these guys seem to be consulting and implementing marketing plans and charging fees I think the spin of Dealy has probably left them with some overpriced capital. They should think about writing down the goodwill on the books. That would re- that would reduce their equity uh, and help their ROI and it would get people a little more interested. You know, book value here is 12 bucks. The stock's at seven. They're earning, uh, you know, 60 cents. I'm going to venture to say that book value is not worth 12 bucks. So if they would write that down, it's probably goodwill non-cash. It would really help the profile of the company in the marketplace. Uh, the company 's pretty well capitalized, in other words, they have no debt in the spin out of Delia's, The one smart thing they did was they paid off all their debt. Their debt went from seventy million to zero, and they 've got that working for them and they 've got twenty five million in cash, which is a buck fifty the stock's at six seventy eight So for the underlying business right now you 're paying five twenty value line saying a buck fifteen cash flow i 'm
1: just amazed at this chart though the stock 's done nothing except go down for six years, yeah.
0: That's right. Well, they've had flattish revenue. I would say this about that. the revenue is not growing, so they need to get a marketing department. You know, I would certainly say that. Their operating margin is single-digit. It should be double-digit. I'm going to say that. So when you buy this, you want to also think about writing letters to the people and yeah. saying, Some, start doing smarter things with our capital. But when you buy this at this valuation, if nothing happens, you just sell it at the same price. It's the company management team figuring this out from a low level that I think, you know, gives you some opportunity. And plus, the market is getting better. So if they just pay some attention, yeah, there's insider buying. um, You know, I think these guys are just sort of learning their way on the marketing front. They used to sell dresses. Now they're selling services. This was probably the internal team of the old firm gone out to add customers the way they serve the internal brand of Delia's. And uh, it's going to take them time to figure that out. They probably just need some smart marketing people. But that's all I have this week. That's Alloy, A-L-O-Y, page 2229. I like AMBEC better. And uh, my favorite one this week. Which is your favorite? I'm going to have to say uh, AMBEC because I'm going to have time on Alloy. That one's not going to get away from me. In the case of AMBEC, I should add, we have some very smart investors out there taking stands in the marketplace. Um, the uh, CEO of Old Republic, a well-known guy in the industry, I'm not thinking of his name right now, but 25 years of stable returns on capital, smart businessman, he bought a portfolio of these kinds of guys, Triad, Radian, the mortgage insurers. And if those guys are okay, AMBAC's okay. And plus, AMBAC has this municipal bond business to fall back on. So. Uh, Buffett's in there. Actually, if you look up in the last two weeks, Buffett's in the same journal article as Amback talking about how he sees the value. Geico, he Berkshire. You know, they they all are looking in here. So they're smart people who understand the value of uh, of, of the valuation. I always like to partner
1: right with smart smart people. Well,
0: they, yeah. Anyway, that my favorite is hmm. Ambach This is values signing off. I, I'm, from the I, I'm struggling. Thanks for listening I, in, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, fair Isaac
1: is going to be my favorite idea this week. Okay, although, good day, everybody. Although, <laughs> <laughs> although I got to tell you, this affiliated computer services really looks oversold to me, and I think I can make ten percent, you know, for doing nothing. I, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll go Fair Isaac. Okay, oh, this is uh, Vern Value, and I, we're signing off till next week. Okay, okay thanks, everybody. Right, bye.